Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Great Danny here on The Fan. Stretch run. One more segment to go. Before we turn it over to Capitals Hockey right here on the radio. Back from the All-Star break. They take on the Montreal Canadiens. What's funny to me real quick as a quick side, Darius, is pretty much every team in Canada is sort of named after either Canadians, a nickname for Canadians or a Canadian thing. Like the Canucks is a name for a Canadian. The Montreal Canadiens are the Canadians. The Maple Leafs are the flag of Canada. It's pretty much what they are, who they do. I guess you take a jet to Canada to get to Winnipeg. Uh, anyway, welcome back. Gene here. GD here on the fam. We'll catch up with Eric Eager from uh, Sumer Sports here in about seven, eight minutes. Wanted to take your calls, though, at 800-636-1067. On kind of two fronts here, we, we can answer both questions. Any interest at all in trading up? We talked about that a little bit. That's a, that's a scuttlebutt now because Cliff Kingsbury's here, and he's worked personally with Caleb Williams, and maybe that was you know precursor. We don't know. We don't what, what kind of conversations happen behind the scenes. But is it more likely now? that Cliff Kingsbury is here, and they might want to trade up. They, it might be something that they're entertaining where maybe they would or wouldn't have before. But now that they've got that hands-on experience, now that they've got somebody that knows the player intimately, what he does and doesn't do well, what he needs to work on, et cetera, that you know, is something that people are prognosticating, and it absolutely makes sense. GP, I ask you, do you think it's more likely now than it was before that they've hired Cliff Kingsbury? Man, that comes off awkward. I like that you said Cliff Kingsbury. I'm trying so hard. It just it just doesn't roll right because there's a U there. So Barry, like a Barry topping, Cliff Kingsbury. I do think it's more likely than it was before. Yes, absolutely. Because I think there's a chance that Caleb Williams on his side of things, Danny, tries to make it happen. Like maybe he'd rather come home and play in D.C. than Chicago. Maybe he'd rather play for Cliff Kingsbury than playing for Shane Waldron. Uh, so I think there could be some pressure to try to get Washington to come up. I think just being able to interact and talk to him as much as Kingsbury's going to makes it more likely. But this is still the Adam Peters show. Is Peters going to evaluate Williams as being so special and such a unique commodity 
and so dynamic that they have to do it. And is he going to evaluate him as being so much better than those other couple of quarterbacks? To me, those are still the big questions. And I would imagine it's your first pick ever. You're a GM for the first time. I don't think you're pushing all the chips in for your kind of reputation on the line moment right off the bat with a bad football team. I think you're more inclined not to play it safe, but to just buy yourself a little time, do the thing that if it doesn't work out is less damaging. Because make no mistake about it, it is more damaging if you miss after trading up for Williams than if you just don't hit on Daniels or May. I think it's a really smart point, by the way. Basically saying, would you really want to go all in, splash, colossal, you know, high upside potentially, but also potential for failure there? Or would you want to be able to say, hey, I've got some time. I've got an empowered ownership group that's going to let me do my thing. I've got cap space to play with. I've got resources that, you know, my, my predecessors worked hard, frankly, to be able to build for me. Let's take advantage of that and build a nice nest for, you know, this uh, this young quarterback. I think that's a smart point. Want to hear what the people think, though. 800-636-1067 is the number if you want to hop in on Grant and Danny. Danny's in D.C. I'm out in Vegas. Let's go to Franklin, who's in Fredericksburg. Franklin, what do you make of the possibility of trading up and whether or not Kingsbury makes it more likely to get that done? Oh, absolutely, yeah. The Kingsbury-Williams relationship hits you right in the face. So the possibility is much greater. But what I'm looking at, maybe it's, maybe it's impossible because I don't know the numbers, but is Justin Daniels, is he a better NFL player than Williams, May, or um, Justin Fields? Is he a better NFL player than Daniels, May, or Williams? I would say yes. I would go to Chicago, and if they're going to choose Caleb Williams, that sounds great. We will trade by Fields from you, and we also want your pick later on down the uh, first round to pick an, uh, an offensive tackle or an interior lineman. That's my, that's my pick for today. Thank you, buddy. So, GP, that one I don't know about. Like, the Justin Fields angle in all of this, like, there's been so much to be excited about with Fields, and then there's been so much where you go, I'm not ready to pay that dude, what, $35, $45 million over, over the next couple of years if he plays decently well for me? I'm going to lose out on that rookie quarterback window thing. I have to have a certain kind of offense. I don't know that you'd want to tie Fields to this new uh, kind of regime and organization here. So I don't think that's likely in any kind of way. I wonder where the landing spot will be for Fields ultimately. But I don't think that's something that this group would be interested in. Yeah, no interest for me, and they should have no interest for two reasons, which isn't even to speak to the fact that there are major questions as to whether or not Justin Fields is any good. I mean, is this a guy that's going to be able to win from the pocket consistently and get you where you need to go as a passer? We're three years into his career. We still have no clue whether or not he's able to do that, although we'll say that he definitely ascended and looked the part in some games, including torching Washington this year. But the entire point of Justin Fields or any other young quarterback being an asset is the rookie contract that you referenced. So if you acquire Justin Fields now, you're a year away from having to pay him, and it's not just mid-market quarterback money, like pretty elite-level quarterback money. Baker Mayfield's going to make $40 million this offseason. Do people get that? Baker Mayfield's going to be making $40 million a year. Now, people love making fun of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, if he hits the open market, coming off of an Achilles, might be making $45 million per year as an annual you know, top-10 caliber statistical passer in the league. Justin Fields' contract's going to start with a four. 
So you, you missed out on the fun part of having Justin Fields. So, no, you don't trade for Justin Fields, and you don't plan on starting him. You pick your own guy because you get five, count them, five seasons on mm-hmm. a rookie contract before you have to start paying them top-of-the-league money. That, by the way, is the intoxicating dream, right? That's the that's the, the perfect scenario. You get the apprenticeship year one who grows into something, who shows you uh, that he's got the aptitude. You put more and more on his plate, and you've got a window of a, ha- of a few years, really, where he can play at that superstar veteran level, and you don't have to pay him like a veteran superstar. You don't have to put the four, the five, or, or pretty soon a six uh, in front of the deal. 800-636-1067 is how you join us on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. Cliff Kingsbury is the OC, has led to rampant now speculation that Washington's going to trade up, something that I'm adamantly opposed to. Danny doesn't want to do. I don't know that you're quite as firm as me on this, but I think it would be a mistake. Let's go to Ed in Springdale on GND. Hello, Ed. Thank you for the call. Hey, uh, Grant and Danny. How you guys doing? Good, buddy. Yeah, no, not only do I not want to uh, trade up, I would take offers to trade back, um, maybe pick at uh, number five or six and get Brock Bowers, then get a quarterback toward the end of the um, draft, someone like uh, Tua's brother. I mean, are are we saying that that Caleb Williams is going to be that much better than everyone else? He took 33 sacks this year. This was the year that Cliff Kingsbury had him. So that's one. And, and two, he's from this area. You can't spell distraction without a D and a C. I mean, I just don't think uh, it, it works on, on just so many levels. We need to get as many good players as we can get and go from there. I'd love the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, so it depends on the kid, honestly. It depends on the player. It's, that hadn't been an issue for John Allen. He's, he's a hometown guy. There's been no distraction. He's kicked everybody's butt. He's been a pro bowler. He's, he's a captain. He's a star. It was an issue for Chase Young. Now, I don't know that for a fact. I'm putting two and two together. So, you know, the local market thing, some guys know themselves and know they don't want to do it. See Kevin Durant. For, for other guys, it doesn't matter at all. you got to know the person. you got to know the, the, the family, the, the player, et cetera, where, you know, may or may not be the best fit. So, I don't know about the, the local angle being a, a no, no-go for Caleb Williams, et cetera. The idea, though, to trade back and just sort of take a guy as a quarterback later, ain't on principle, I love trading back unless you're going after a quarterback, in which case you just pick one, you hope, doesn't work, you do it again in a couple years. Do you agree, Danny, with the notion that it's harder if you're local there are, and you'd be better off not playing in your backyard or no? If all things are equal, that would be that would be my normal axiom. But, again, there are exceptions. Like, see John Allen, right? I mean, he's had zero issues. Other guys have. But that would normally be my default is I don't know that I would want that necessarily. John Allen was really insightful about this at the 106.7 The Fan event that we did uh, in front of the 500 listeners. Mm-hmm. He, I don't know, that, that's pretty low on my list of things that I worry about. And frankly, teams often see it as a, a win. Especially with Chase Young, we saw. You have a nice structure. Teams. Yeah, I think teams view it as the possibility of further being able to sell something because there's just more of a built-in fan base already that that's going to support the guy. I hear that. I, I mean, to me, it just felt. I mean, I, I don't know specifically. I haven't specifically heard the complaint that he, you know, th- there were too many hangers on locally. There were too many demands on his time, et cetera. Just putting two and two together because before the injury, this was, you know, a guy that. 
didn't live up to the potential and was busy in an offseason uh, making that money boss and taking advantage of all the opportunities and and hearing uh, you know how great he was, kind of as you said, um, sort of throughout. But uh, So we'll say goodbye to GP here, guys. We, uh, we caught up earlier with Eric, Eric Eager of Sumer Sports. Great conversation with a really, really sharp guy, formerly of pff, now with Sumer Sports. Uh, we'll have Capital Saki coming your way next. But uh, enjoy this conversation we had earlier, caught up with Eric Eager of Sumer Sports. You know, analytics had been a lot about fourth down decisions forever. It had been a lot about quarrels about PFF grades, right, the J.J. Watt on uh, the McAfee show. And we at Sumer kind of want to take that to the next level. So, you know, what we do a lot with, you know, coaching hires. So we'll take, you know, the fourth down decisions, but we'll, we'll extend them to things like special teams, to things like timeout usage, delay games, extend them to existing coaches. So we were part of a few of the hiring cycle decisions. Uh, we want to take the grades from PFF, but also scouts, team IP, build that up and help teams build their rosters uh, through the draft and, and then eventually through free agency and the salary cap. Uh, and then from a, a consumer side, which is the which is what you're referring to, consumersports.com, we just want to take that information and give it to people in the most condensed, in the most sort of uh, in the fastest way possible. Yeah, I'm a former teacher. I, I was a professor for six years. I I want to get us to a point where you know we're just not talking about the same things all the time. We're talking about when the Niners played the, 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 the Chiefs in the Super Bowl four years ago. What I love is the fact that we're talking about a whole different set of things now, and, and I'm proud of that, and I think that we at Sumer are kind of pushing that forward. To be clear, though, the, the teams pay you guys or work with you guys in a, in a way where you could, say, help the commanders hypothetically as they're trying to figure out Dan Quinn versus Ben Johnson versus um, Raheem Morris, and you can go into – Here's how this guy stacks up, or what are you doing with the teams exactly? Yeah, so it will be, for the coaching side, it's it's almost always like, does this guy get more out of his team than the talent would suggest? I mean, that's all about, that's all the coaching is, uh, is getting more out of the talent there. And, and yeah, that's, that's something that you can use, obviously, on the consumer side, whether that be fantasy football or gaming, but you can, you can use it to help teams hire coaches on... On the player selection side, it's all about taking, like, for example, their grades and helping build out, like, a value system. So if, you know, for example, the commanders grade a guy a five, it's worth this many million dollars, and that's worth this draft pick, et cetera, et cetera, that's going to be different and use different data than what we're going to give a fantasy football player on our website. So it's going to be a a different set uh, of tools because teams are privy to better information than than the public is. As a big baseball guy, I mean, war has a value. One win equals X amount of millions of dollars generally in free agency. Do we have a metric like that? I understand there's a word for football, but is there anything like that yet that evens the playing field in terms of monetizing value? Yeah, I, I built PFF War. Uh, I don't have access to it anymore. I re, we, we have our, our own proprietary version of it at Sumer uh, that we sell the teams. Um, you know, Generally speaking, like one win is worth about $60 million. If it's a non-quarterback for a quarterback, it's worth about – 10 to 12 million so you can kind of rule a thumb that it uh, football is harder than baseball though because we, we as we all know brock purdy is not an island unto himself right he's debo samuel brandon Ayuk, uh all those players kind of in one whereas patrick mahomes is kind of gonna be a greater than the sum of the parts player breaks he, the model a little yeah, bit yeah like look there's only only two kansas city chiefs had more than 460 receiving yards this year and yet here they are in the super bowl that that means you know Patrick Holmes is doing something right. And if you were to add up all the war on the Chiefs offense, 
it's not going to be commensurate with the team that's in the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Whereas if you add up all the war on the San Francisco offense, it's probably going to be more, in fact, than a team that's going to be in the Super Bowl because the, it, to support a guy like Brock Purdy, you need just more war win shares out of your other players. Eric Eager is on social. Uh, follow him on X at Eric Eager underscore VP Sumer Sports. He's one of my favorite football thinkers. He's joining us here on Grant and Danny from Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Uh, the Dan Quinn hire. Numbers-wise or just your opinion, what do you think? I, I think you have to separate the Ben Johnson part of the equation. I think everybody's disappointed, and I think probably rightfully so, that Ben, you know, they, they held out for Ben Johnson. Let, let's be honest. They, they, you know, you could, they can say all they want about, you know, uh, he left him at the altar, they waited for him, all that stuff. Everybody's going to grade the Dan Quinn hire at, relative to what Ben Johnson did. And I don't know if that's fair, but we have to throw that out. Relative to just himself, Dan Quinn has been has shown a real propensity to do the things that a second-time head coach needs to be successful. When he was with Thomas Dimitrov, my boss in Atlanta, they ran a lot of the cover three, the Legion of Boom, kind of very vanilla defenses that the league caught up to. And at the end, a combination of bad luck, Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, a lot of the guys that Thomas drafted that helped them go to the Super Bowl in 16, a lot of those guys were hurt. And they kind of had no answers from a scheme standpoint in Atlanta. He goes to Dallas, and now they got, you know, Micah Parsons, obviously, but Demarcus Lawrence, Jaron Curse, you know, all these different linebackers that can do a lot of things. You know, he was very good at disguising coverages, stunting, doing a lot of things that he didn't do in Atlanta. He did show a very uh, big deal of being able to uh, change to the, the changing whims of NFL football defensively. Now, Head coaching is different than calling plays. So will he be able to evolve as a head coach? Because, you know, the league is going to require that. The Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell added 1.04 wins to the Lions by in-game decision-making. That's the kind of innovation that a Dan Quinn is going to have to do to get the Washington Commanders out of picking second, a team like Detroit was a couple years ago, to picking, you know, to making the playoffs, winning a playoff game, being, you know, uh, a team, you know, much like Detroit, Detroit hadn't won a playoff game since 1991. That's the last time the Commanders have been good. Quantifying that value worth over a win, was that fourth down decisions, two-point conversion decisions? What, what are we? Timeout avoidance, delay a game avoidance, and then also the kicking game. Now with the way the kickoffs are now, basically if you return a kickoff and you go only get to the 20-yard line, like that's a mistake because you can fair catch kicks now, right? So there's a ton of win probability you can leave on the on the playing field uh, if you're not smart. And Dan Campbell kind of pushes all those buttons. Interestingly, Andy Reid is tied for second in that metric this year. He's added a half a win to the Chiefs. So Dan Campbell is literally a, a half a win better than the next best coach wow. at doing that this year. Kyle Shanahan, for reference for the people in the big game this week, uh, is a little bit under zero. So he takes a little bit too many timeouts. His fourth down decision's actually been Okay. Where does uh, he rank among the 32? 19th. Okay. So, so middle, of the middle of the pack or so. Um, and, and that's, you know, and Andy Reid has done a really good job of evolving in that area. He was always somebody uh, who was thought of, and, and this is a, a point to Dan, uh, to Dan Quinn, he was always thought of as somebody who didn't push those buttons, uh, and, and he's changed. What do you think of Cliff Kingsbury? Uh, so Cliff Kingsbury is somebody who has always been good when he's allowed to cook. You look at, you know, when he took over Arizona, the Steve Wilkes year, the Cardinals were the worst team in the league in yards per play offensively by half a yard in 2018. 2019, they get to, like, bottom third of the league, but still, you know, improve a ton. 2020, 2021, first half of the year, really good offense. Kyler Murray gets hurt. They fall off. The second half of the year splits with Kingsbury were terrible. But he can very clearly scheme it up in the offseason. 
if you take away some of the other responsibilities, is he able to maintain the edge he can generate in an offseason the whole year? That that would give me a little optimism if I was the commanders. I know – so that, that that would be my the question that I have. Quinn, Quinn has very clearly been able to coexist with kind of an alpha – offensive mind in the in the building with with Shanahan back in Atlanta so I would be positive there obviously it comes down to whether or not the quarterback they choose is a good player Eric Eager of Sumer Sports if you were hiring a coordinator in this cycle either someone that already got a job or hasn't is there someone that you think is particularly sharp that you would have called I, I think the Zach Robinson hire in Atlanta is very good I'm biased because I worked with him at PFF but like when you look at Atlanta the biggest problem with Dan with with uh uh with Arthur Smith this year is in the media, he had all the answers, and obviously they were wrong. And the the best people, in my opinion, are guys like Zach Robinson, who I, I just sat next to him and asked him questions about playing the quarterback position. He was drafted by Bill Belichick. He was in the league for a number of years. He's one of the best quarterback analysts in the world. And Zach asked also great questions. And I think that when you're trying to evolve in the NFL, you're trying to stay ahead of the times. Right now, defenses are ahead of offenses. The best team, you know, the, the team that's going to try to repeat in the Super Bowl for the first time since 2004 is the second-rate defense in the NFL. If you're going to try to get ahead of the defenses in the NFL now, you're going to have to start asking good questions, and I fear that the guy that preceded uh, Zach Robinson in Atlanta actually started with the answers first, and, and that's why they failed offensively. And I think Zach Robinson is going to be the exact opposite, and I think Atlanta, as a result, is a team to buy into. Should I take what you just said about defense and the trend versus offense to assume that you don't agree with the take that you should try to hire an offensive coach? Well, I think most of the time you should, but in this cycle – there were more good off, sorry, good defensive candidates than there were good offensive candidates. I, I, so some, do you disagree with my like my premise is? I don't think Bobby Slowick's ready to be a head coach. Yes, I, I would take Bobby Slowick drawing up my offense, not as good at the head coaching part, and hope he can have a Rich Basaccia type in the building that can help him with some of that yeah. over a Dan Quinn, who's a great leader of men, so to speak. But now my offensive situation might be in flux for years to come. Yeah, so that's that's the hard part, right? I agree with you in principle and generally that defensive head coaches struggle because of the Kyle Shanahan situation in Atlanta, where it, you know if you ha- bring a quarterback into the fold and he ends up being he ends up being good, um, then the cor- you you end up with a transient phase where the guy ends up getting a head coaching job and then the quarterback ends up struggling. You know, Mac Jones, for example, right, where he pops up as a rookie. Josh McDaniels gets a head coaching job, struggles as a second-year player, and now you don't know what you have. Baker Mayfield with Freddie Kitchens. That, that's the risk of having a defensive-minded coach, whereas, you know, when the guy's your head coach, you just always – he can't go anywhere but your place, right? So that's always the problem. The issue, of course, is everybody knows that, and everybody believes, believes what you think there, and so you picked over all the great offensive minds. I like Brian Callahan. He did tremendous work in Cincinnati for years. That hire by Tennessee was phenomenal, in my opinion. The Dave Canales one is on the fence, right? When you have you know, your uh, quarterback coach in Seattle did great work, one-year coordinator in Tampa Bay, now you're trying to be a leader of men. That kind of men. tests my theory a yeah, little bit. Yeah, you're a leader of men. In a, in a situation in Carolina which hasn't had success ever since that new owner's been there. That's going to be the big test. But in, in our metrics, there were a lot more defensive coaches, including Raheem Morris, guys like Ajiro Evero, guys like uh, even uh, Brian Flores, who did not get a look, 
who all had better grades than the offensive guys for the for the reason I just said, which is a lot most of the offensive guys who deserved head coaching jobs were picked over the last few years. I couldn't believe Ajiro Evro wasn't more of a enticing commodity in this cycle. I know he got a couple of interviews, but won't be long. Uh, Eric, before I let you go, on Washington's roster, we've had you on a bunch over the years breaking down their line or different things. Big picture, what do you think of their roster and how far away they might be? They've got the most money to spend. They've got the number two pick, six in the top 102. What do you see there? Yeah, I, they need to get a pass rush from the edge. They need to make. Sh- they need to get secondary help. I know um, Forbes, uh, you know, had a really tough rookie year. Fuller is a player who is a good veteran, but he's up and down. He's a corner, and so he has good years. He had bad years. Uh, linebacker has always has been a tough position, but you can get that. So when you have free agency money, you can pick up running backs, linebackers, safeties, tight ends, and uh, you know, slot receivers, slot corners. They need to go in, you know, to, and use those top picks on premium positions like lot, you know, wide receiver tackle corner they just need to go back to the well and continue that and they had that mode you know they they got sweat and they got chase young in the drafts they they really figured that out from the defensive side of the ball to to get premium positions there they just weren't a good enough team to capitalize on it they need to continue to go that well use the free agency money they have to shore up the positions that they're weak where free agency can help them like linebacker guard center all those positions um and then just take take their shots in the draft and be be willing to be willing to take multiple shots at positions like quarterback like they did with cousins and rg3 back in the day and positions like tackle positions like wide receiver even though i know that they spent a one on dots a couple years ago they have to they have to still try again eric appreciate the time seriously i think what you guys are doing is awesome and i think it improves the discourse uh, and really helps uh, a lot of us just learn more about the game thank you hey thanks for having me appreciate you eric eager of sumer sports out here at radio row in vegas it's time for a Caps power play. It's time for Granddaddy's Power Play. Presented by American Standard Heating and Cooling and MidAtlanticComfort.com. Capitals back in action at Capital One Arena tonight. They are taking on the Montreal Canadiens. Capitals playing game number 48, home game number 25, just 13, 7, and 4 at home, where they've had such a great advantage at Capital One Arena this season, although much better than their road record, struggled on the road. They're at the end of the first half, 9-11-3. Capitals looking for a couple of points, and they got to get them. This is a struggling Montreal team. Has not been particularly good of late, and they have not been good on the road, sub-500. Three fewer points than Washington on the season, despite playing two more games. The kind of games that the Caps have to stockpile points in, the schedule's about to get considerably more difficult as they move forward we asked john walton earlier today what's the key for them to get off to a fast start in the second half his answer was goaltending so we look to charlie lindgren and darcy kemper when he's in the net to do just that on the season lindgren nine six and four the team high two five nine goals against nine sixteen save percentage and it's time for alex ovechkin to get going just nine goals in 44 games. They need a heater for him as they move forward now without Evgeny Kuznetsov. That is your Caps Power Play. Grant and Danny's Power Play. Presented by American Standard Heating and Cooling and MidAtlanticComfort.com. Got to thank our producers back in D.C., Darius and Ryan, for their hard work as always. Jacob, who's been running around like a madman out here in Vegas to help us out. Also our guest today. you got a podcast these interviews, they were great. Mad Dog Chris Russo, Thomas Dimitrov, Solomon Wilcots, former Falcons head coach Mike Smith, 
Really, really good football combos all day long. On tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about the top college quarterbacks with Brian Jones of CBS. Danny Cannell will stop by as we break down Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels. Michael Lombardi is on the show as well. Dan Orlovsky is going to be joining us. We'll catch up with our buddy Mark Schlereth. It's going to be huge. That's Grant and Danny tomorrow starting at 2 o'clock. For Danny, I'm Grant saying so long. Thank you for coming. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 